Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Welcome home, everyone. I'm Pastor Chris. You know, little did we know months ago when we were planning out this series, Welcome Home uh, for Easter, that we would all be literally stuck at home. Uh, And not only that, uh, but the main graphic for the series, in fact, go ahead and put that back up on the screen just for a moment. The main graphic for the series, it's everyone enjoying a big welcome home hug. And now we're not allowed to even do that anymore. But that's okay. Because guess what? A physical house doesn't make a home any more than a building makes a church. And now more than ever before, listen, people today are longing for community. They're longing for connections and relationships. And here's the simple message of Easter. God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Regardless of your past, regardless of where you've been or what you've done, our God loves you and he wants to embrace you. He wants you to come home. That's what we celebrate at Easter. Listen, Easter is all about our loving God going to these unbelievable links to reach out to you so that you would come home and reach out to him. In fact, think about what he did. Think about those unbelievable links. The loving Heavenly Father sent his one and only Son, Jesus, to the earth to be born of a virgin at Christmas, to be hunted down like a dog by the authorities, to hide like a refugee with his family, to go on to live a perfect life where he would give sight to the blind, make the lame walk, set the captives free, to be abandoned by his closest friends at his time of greatest need, to take a beating the likes of which you and I could hardly fathom today, to carry his cross up a hill called Calvary, to have a crown of thorns jammed down on his head, to have railroad spikes driven into his hands and feet and a spear plunged into his side, to then be suspended between heaven and earth and die a criminal's death on a cross, to be laid in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, on Easter Sunday morning, kick Satan in the teeth, conquer the grave, rise from the dead, just like he said he would, and start a revolution called the church so that you and I would come home. And he did all of that and so much more for you. That's how much you matter to him. That's how much he loves you. In fact, if you look at the life of Jesus, his entire life was all about reaching out to those people who were, who were lost and loving people who felt like they were far from God so that they would come home. And then once we come home, our our reason for living, our mission in life, the purpose of the church is to reach out to people, you know, to love people, to serve people, so that maybe, just maybe, they might find their way and come home. That's what this church is all about. That's what we've been doing now for 30 years. And by the way, not only today are we celebrating Easter this weekend, but it is also our church's 30th anniversary. Our first service was Easter Sunday, 1990. In fact, if you're watching this right now with friends or family, just turn around to somebody, give them a high five, and and say happy anniversary. In fact, we'd love for you to leave just a little happy anniversary note for us in the comments section as you're watching this. But 30 years of 
of loving and serving and reaching out to people so that maybe they might find their way and come home. And that is what Easter is all about. That's the heart of God. And that, that's what I want you to see tonight. That's what I want you to experience today as we look at the heart of God. And to do that, I want you to look with me at one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. In fact, it really is one of those foundational uh, core chapters here at our church. And in fact, it's a chapter that we come back to over and over and over again, and it helps shape who we are and what we do as a church. It's Luke chapter 15. So let me set the stage for you. Jesus here is uh, simply being Jesus, doing what he does best, doing, in fact, what he came to do. He's hanging out with people who were on the outside the outcast of his day, people who might be considered far from God, just loving them, teaching them, even eating with them. But the problem is that that ticked off the religious leaders of Jesus' day. I mean, they were upset that, you know, Jesus, who claimed to be, you know, the Messiah, that he would be hanging out with such people. You see, the religious leaders had developed this uh, us versus them, you know, we're the good guys, they're the bad guys kind of mentality, and as a result, they basically looked down their smug, self-righteous noses at the world around them. And so all that's going on and more, and it's as though Jesus had finally had it up to here, and so he just says, enough, enough. And so for the first and only time in his entire ministry, Jesus tells three stories back to back to back in rapid-fire succession to once and for all clear up the confusion and set the record straight about why he came and to explain to us the heart of God. Well, the first story is about a man who had 100 sheep, and one of them wanders away. The good shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one. And then when the shepherd finds that lost sheep, he throws this big party to celebrate. And then Jesus ends the story this way in verse 7. Listen to this. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one, one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now the second story Jesus tells is about this woman who has 10 coins and she loses one. She searches the whole house, top to bottom, until she finds the one lost coin, and then she calls her friends and her neighbors to share the good news. And then basically Jesus ends this story in a similar fashion in verse 10. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one, one sinner repents. And then verse 11 says this. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. Now, then Jesus tells what is probably one of the most famous stories in the entire Bible. We typically refer to it as the story of the prodigal son. So follow along as I read. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Wow. Okay, pretty strong stuff here. He basically chooses to leave the father, to leave home, and to go his own way. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. In his love, the father allows the son to leave home. 
Now, if you're a parent, you get this, okay? The father, he doesn't want his son to love him because he has to, because he forces him to. He wants his son to love him because he wants to, because he chooses to. But instead, the younger son chooses to leave home, to turn his back on his family, on the father, and to go to this distant land. Now, before I go on in the story, I want to ask you a question. Any of you feel like you're in a distant land today and you want to come home? Today might be your day. The story of the prodigal son is this beautiful picture of the loving father and our need for forgiveness and to come home. And so as we look at the story today, I I want you to do me a favor, okay? Would you open your mind to the possibility that you might just find yourself in this story? Would you open your mind to the possibility that you just might be the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter who needs to come home to the loving father? Would you consider for just a few minutes that, that God is the loving father and he wants to restore this relationship with you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to wipe the slate clean. He wants to welcome you back into the family fully, even though, even though you might have wandered away. Would you consider that God might just have a better life for you? And it's all available when you come home. You see, that's the power of Jesus. That's the hope of the resurrection. That you and I can be forgiven and that we can come home. Now, with all that in mind, let's talk about how that happens. Okay? Step number one. First of all, you just admit that you need God. You admit that you need God. Now, when we last left the prodigal son, uh, basically, the Bible says he's heading off to Vegas. Okay? Because we all know that what happens in Vegas... What? Stays in Vegas. How did you know that? You, you bunch of sinners. Um, now, right now, we would all collectively settle for a trip uh, to south of the border, okay? And I don't mean Mexico. Now, if you're from South Carolina, if you've actually been to south of the border, I want you to leave us a comment online, okay? Because I want to know who I need to avoid in the future. Now, the Bible says that eventually the sun runs out of money. And as fate would happen in the story, a famine sets into the land. The Bible says he began to starve. Now all these friends that he'd been partying with, now they're nowhere to be found. Ever had friends like that in your life? So he looks around and he sees a help wanted sign on a local hog farm. And he gets a job feeding pigs. Now I don't know about you, but that does not sound very glamorous to me. The Bible says this. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Let me ask you, have you ever been that hungry, that low, you know, that you start thinking that the animals in your life are eating better than you are? You know, that the pets, that your pets have it better than you do. Now, I've seen some of your pets. I know for some of you that's actually actually true. Verse 17, When he finally, what? What does it say? Came to his senses. He said this to himself. 
at home. At home. Even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I mean, the Bible says that he, he came to his senses. So here he is in the fill of a literal pigsty. And he's handing out slop to the pigs. And he basically comes to his senses, wakes up, and he says, you know what? Man, this is crazy. This is crazy. The pigsty in the story to me represents the lie that the world offers so many people today. You see, when we first turn our backs on God and wander away and go our own way, pursue something else, anything else, at first, it seems exciting. At first, it seems, you know, fulfilling. And I'm sure it was that way at first for the prodigal son. You know, at first, he enjoyed the lifestyle. Man, he had money to burn. He was surrounded by people. But none of it lasts. It didn't. And when he came to his senses, he finds himself in a pigsty. And he begins thinking about home. And he began to think about what he had lost by, by leaving his father. You see, the first step, the first step in coming home is just to admit that you need to, to admit that you need God, to admit that you've, you've gone your own way and you've turned your back on God, on a God who loves you. Now, the truth is, listen, we've all done that. The Bible says we've all gone our own way. We've all sinned. Nobody is better or worse than anybody else. And my guess, my guess is that when you're all alone and nobody else is around, you begin to think that maybe, just maybe, there is more to life than what I'm experiencing right now. And my guess is that's why some of you have tuned in today. You see, I think the reason that some of you are, are watching this because you actually want to come home. You know, you're, you're searching. You're, you're looking for that, that opportunity to possibly get a clean slate and, and start over with God. But listen, long, long before you made the decision to watch this, God, in his great love for you, he took the very first step. Listen, that's what we celebrate. That's what we celebrate at Easter today and every day. 2,000 years ago, our loving God took the ultimate step of sending his one and only son, Jesus, to the earth to live and die on a cross and be raised again from the dead so that he could show you I've done everything necessary for you to come home. You see, the first step to coming home is just to admit that you need to. But it doesn't stop there. Step number two, you have to ask for forgiveness. You know, in our story, the, the father doesn't force the son to stay home, even though he knows that leaving home is a bad idea. And then when the son goes and gets in trouble out in a foreign land, the father, you know, doesn't chase him down and uh, force him to come home. No, the decision to return home is the son's decision to make. The father can't make it for him. You see, God loves you too much to take away your freedom. And just as you have the freedom to choose to turn your back on God and, and go your own way, you also have the freedom to choose to return home and to come back to God. It is your choice. You know, in our story, the prodigal son is eating with the pigs when he makes his decision. He says, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. 
and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please, take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. The son basically says, you know what, this is stupid. You know, it's stupid for me to to live my life this way when I know, when I know in my heart that life at home with my father is so much better. So I'm going to return home. Notice what the son's first step home is. His first step toward home is just to admit it, that he had blown it, that he'd sinned, and ask for forgiveness. You see, in our story, And in our lives, ultimately, our home is with God. You see, you were created to have a relationship with God. Not religion, a relationship with Him. And just as the son chose to turn his back on the father and leave home, guess what? We all do the same thing. We do. We decide to turn our backs on God and go our own way. And God, the whole time, he is saying, listen, this is my best for you. This is my plan for you, my purpose for you, the best life possible. And then collectively, you know, as a human race and individually, we say, no thanks, God. No, you know, I I think I know better than you. You know, I think I know better how I should live my life. I'm going to live my life my way, and we wander away and go our own way. And that attitude and those actions, the Bible calls sin. And that's what separates us from God. The only solution to that separation is for us to decide to come home and to look at our lives and to say as the Son did, Father, I've sinned. I've blown it. Forgive me. Maybe you feel lost today because you've wandered away from God. All you have to do today is just admit it and to ask for forgiveness. I think the problem, though, is that we kind of think, well, that journey back home to God, well, that's a long, hard, difficult road. But here's the truth. The journey back to God It is just one step, one step of faith. And I know some of you are watching this and you're thinking, well, but, you know, i got to be perfect. Listen, you don't have to be perfect before you come back to God. You don't have to get rid of all the sin in your life. You don't have to clean up your act. You don't have to overcome all your addictions. Do you know why? Because you can't and you never could and neither can I or anybody else. That's the point. That's the point of Easter. Jesus Christ is the only one who ultimately can make you right. And all you have to do is take that one step of faith and ask him for forgiveness. You see, Christianity, listen, it is not about us overcoming our sin so that we can be with God. No, Christianity is about our gracious God overcoming our sin so that we can be with him. The story of Easter is that God is reaching out to you. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you think you have traveled away from God, God is still reaching out to you. It is never too late to come home. It is never too far. God never stops reaching out to you. No pit is so deep that God's love for you isn't deeper. You just have to take that one step in asking for forgiveness. Remember, God has already taken the biggest step there is toward you. You just have to believe. 
In fact, John 3.16 says it this way, For God so loved the world, for God so loved you. He gave His only Son so that everyone, everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Who's the Him? You know, it says everyone who believes in Him. The Him is the next step. Step number three, accept God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Him. Jesus is the path back to God. Listen, I want you to see the love and forgiveness that the father expresses in this story of the prodigal son. The son returns home, and the Bible says this, beginning in verse 20. And while he was still a long way off, the father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, and he gave him a big lecture, and he condemned him. That's not what it says, does it? It says, he ran to his son, he embraced him, and he kissed him. The son turns toward home, and I imagine that as he gets closer, listen, he is nervous, he is scared, he is worried what he's going to find when he gets home, and he looks off into the distance, and he cannot believe his eyes. There is his dad doing something that a dad in that culture would never be caught doing, ever. You know what it is? Running, running out in public, running out in front of the neighbors, running in full speed toward him. Now, in our culture, we kind of miss some of this because, you know, today people run, right? But not in that day, not in that culture. Running would have been way beneath the dignity of a wealthy, intelligent Middle Eastern father. I mean, if something needed, you know, hurried attention, well, the patriarch would send, you know, a servant or a child to, to run for it. But long-robed, highly cultured Middle Eastern dads would never be caught in public running. It was unthinkable. And yet, here, in plain sight, in this story, here comes the prodigal son's uh, father in full stride. I mean, just picture it. You know, maybe his hair is blowing and you know, his robe's all hitched up and you know, the sandals are flopping and his arms are outstretched. Can you picture the, what Jesus is painting? Can you see the picture that he's painting here? The Father in heaven, the God of the universe, has his heart so totally wrapped around the heart of even his most wayward children that when just one of them is tired of living dead-end lives in a distant land, and they turn around and they come home, they can expect to see the father of all fathers in full stride with arms outstretched saying, welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. The kid in the story, you know, he had gone to feeding pigs. Let me ask you, how long are some of you going to keep feeding on those things in your life that you know don't satisfy your soul? It's time to say, like the prodigal son, enough. This is crazy. And some of you, some of you are, man, you're almost there. Some of you have gotten to that place and, and you've actually thought about turning around. You have. You've thought about heading home. But you're worried that God's mad at you. You're worried that you're going to get a, you know, a closed fist instead of open arms. 
You're worried that you're going to be shamed instead of embraced. You're worried that judgment is going to come your way instead of, instead of mercy. Listen, that's why Jesus told this story. He wants you to know exactly, exactly what you can expect from the Father. And if you will turn around And if you will head for home, you will find the Father of fathers in a full stride, running towards you, waiting to embrace you. If you'll take that one step of faith toward him, he will make up all the distance to you. Notice what the loving father did. He did more than just say it. He took action. Verses 22 through 24, it says this, But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Now, the robe would have been a symbol of honor. He says, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. The ring would have been a symbol that the heritage between the father and the son has not been broken. Even after the son left home and blew everything, put the family in jeopardy, the father restores him and gives him all the benefits of being his child. And then it says shoes. Now, again, that doesn't say much to us today because, you know, most of you have shoes. But in that day, if you were a slave or you were a servant, you were barefoot. And so he's saying to his son, listen, you're not returning as a servant or as a slave. You're my son. And then he says, and kill the calf we have been fattening. I like that because in the South, what do we call that? That's a barbecue, right? That's a party. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost and now he is found. So the party began. That's how God treats us. That's how the Father treats us. When you turn around and admit your need for him, when you ask for and accept his forgiveness through his son Jesus, he throws a party and he gives you all the benefits, all the benefits of being his child. In fact, it's as though as if you'd never left. Jesus said that's the heart of the Father for you. Whoever you are, whatever you've done. And by the way, you know those of us who who happen to be already home, Jesus told the story to remind us that that's also supposed to be our heart. Our heart to the world around us, to those who are still wayward, to those who are still searching. Not one of judgment, not one of self-righteousness. No, a heart of love and a heart uh, that's, that's willing to run to and embrace anyone who would come home. No matter how bad it might seem to you, no matter how long it's been, If you'll just turn around, the Father in heaven and a church called Coastal longs more than anything to run to you right now and embrace you. What about you? Are you ready to make that decision? Are you ready to come home? There really is no better time than Easter, to come home and receive God's forgiveness. You can do that right here, right now, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this at. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you
Thank you for Easter and the miracle of the resurrection, of hope and new life that we celebrate today and every day. And if you're watching this and you're, you're ready to come home, you're ready to come home and receive forgiveness, just pray something like this with me right now in your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to come home. I admit it. I have. I've wandered away from you. I've turned my back on you. In fact, it's as though I am in a distant land and I've wound up in a pigsty. Father, I've made a, a real mess of things. I admit all of that. And I humbly ask you to forgive me. I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son, that you sent him to this earth to, to show me your love, that he died on a cross for me and my sin. And three days later, on Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead and he is alive. I believe. And as much as I know and understand, I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ and in him alone. And for the rest of my life on this earth, until you call me home or come again, I just want to follow Jesus. I want to become more and more every day like you now see me in Christ. Forgiven. Brand new. Perfect in your sight. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. Father, thank you for welcoming me home. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, if you took that one step of faith, listen, God made up all the distance, and he ran to you with open arms, and he has embraced you as his child. So here's what I want you to do. Let us know about your decision today. It's very simple. As we close out this time of worship, I want you to go to our online connect card and I want you to check that box that says, I gave my life to Christ today. We'd love to follow up with you and, and even send you a little book that I wrote called The Next Step for Your Journey. Listen, thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope that you'll join us next week as we continue on in this Welcome Home series. Happy Easter. Happy anniversary. So as you're filling out your Connect card, let's continue now to worship. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.